boys and girls. This is Miss Kathy. We're in the middle of the Christmas season, and we thought we'd bring you some stories from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories. After the Christmas season, we'll be returning to our regularly scheduled shoebox mystery books. Christmas is a special time of year, a time to celebrate the birth of baby Jesus, who was born in a stable. Shepherds, after being serenaded by angels, rushed over to find the baby lying in a manger. Wise men, carrying gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, followed a bright star until it led them to the baby king. What about you? Will this Christmas bring you closer to Jesus? I hope so, and I hope that the Jesus of Christmas will live in your heart throughout the year. Helen Lee Robinson, Editor The Eighteen Steps by Dorothy D. Warner Christmas was coming. The snow lay white and smooth as if it were waiting for something wonderful. Avery thought all the red and blue and green roofs looked like they'd been painted white. As he walked home from school, snowballs flew past him, but he didn't stop to throw any of his own. He had more important things waiting to be done. He'd heard his parents talking about the high cost of everything. He knew his father's work week had been cut short, and though his parents tried not to worry, he knew it was a strain. So Avery had decided that he'd earn some extra money this winter by shoveling snow. He wasn't old enough to get a regular after-school job, but he aimed to do all he could. Avery hurried home to change clothes. When he came downstairs, his mother had hot chocolate waiting for him. He gulped it down. "'Gotta go, Mom,' he declared. "'I'll be back in time for dinner.' He ran out to the garage and found the snow shovel. He already knew where he'd call first. Down the street stood a large, old-style frame house set way up on a slope. The walk was long, and there were eighteen steps. That should bring in a good payment. Avery waited awkwardly through the deep snow up the high steps and rang the doorbell. No one came. He rang it again and listened for movement. At last he thought he heard a faint thumping sound. He waited. Finally, just when he had almost made up his mind to leave, the door opened, and an elderly woman, leaning on a walker, stood before him. "'Good day,' Avery smiled. "'May I shovel your walk for you?' The woman didn't smile, and her eyes were sad. "'You're a kind boy,' she said, her voice trembling. "'But I'm afraid we can't pay anyone to shovel snow for us. "'Father and I can get by. No one comes here much.' "'Oh,' said Avery in a small voice. He didn't know what to do next.' She certainly needed her walk shoveled, but he needed a paying job. That's okay, he said lamely. Well, goodbye. He turned and walked down the steps and out to the street, depressed and frustrated. So an old couple lived there. Where was anyone who would help? Sticking his chin in the air, Avery went on. He didn't have time to help them. He had to make money. He couldn't do it by spending all his time shoveling walks for nothing. He'd go to the Maynards, people who knew him, and ask if they could use his help. At their door, he said, I'd like to shovel your walk and driveway, Mrs. Maynard. When she asked what he charged, he said he'd take whatever she thought it was worth. She agreed and said, come to the door when you get through. Avery soon discovered that shoveling snow was hard work. The snow stuck to the shovel, and he had to give it an extra whack now and then to shake it off. Before long, he worked up a sweat, and his shoulders ached. As he lifted the heavy shovel full of snow and flung it aside, he kept thinking about the woman with the walker. What if she needed to have groceries brought in? What if the carolers came and had to sing so far away? Would anyone bother to call on them if they had to plod through the snow? He was tired when he finished, but Mrs. Maynard was pleased with his work. She paid him very well and asked him to come back next snow. You've done a good job so you can have the chore all winter if you like. 
Avery smiled as he walked away, jingling the coins in his pocket, but all he could think about was the white-haired woman and how sad and lonely she had looked. Well, one of her neighbors can help her, he thought. I need the money. He didn't feel any better when he recalled all the times he'd heard his parents say that money wasn't all that mattered. But he pushed his thoughts to the back of his mind and went on to shovel sidewalks at two more homes. By the time he was finished, Avery was exhausted. His legs ached and even his heart seemed to feel a bit heavy. But he did have money to take home. Suddenly, he wondered what his dad would do if he were in the same situation. Then he turned and walked quickly back to the big house on the slope. He hoped he'd have enough energy to do what he knew he, as a Christian, should do. He set to work with aching muscles. Many times he wanted to stop and go home, but he knew he must not. He prayed it wouldn't get dark before he got home, for his family had a rule that children had to be home off the street before dark. At last he finished. The walk at the big house was shoveled clean. He'd left no spots, either, that might turn slippery. He'd done a good job. His legs felt like rubber as he started homeward. This was one job he wouldn't collect money or praise for. He had been about to go up and wish her a cheery Christmas, but felt sure she'd try to pay him something. This way, she'd have a fine surprise. The greatest gift of all is one you give of your own free will, your time, your talents, your attitude, he thought. I'm going to go there and clear her walk every time it snows. I'm going to give all winter long, not only at Christmas time. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Christmas Stories, a compilation from various writers for Guide magazine, edited by Helen Lee Robinson and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. As our special gift to you, we will be sharing one of these stories every day between now and Christmas. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. 